Free game. What's good, Rook? Welcome to another episode of the Free Game Friday podcast. I'm your host, Jay Don. This week, we're talking the finance industry with Chief Financial Officer, Michael Beverly Jr. Let's hop right into it. Michael, can you give my audience a quick intro into who you are and what you do? Absolutely. First and foremost, thank you, Jay, uh, for the opportunity to be able to uh, present uh, myself as well as kind of my route uh, towards, you know, being able to achieve, if you will, success in some regard, as well as the position in which I'm in. Uh, My name is Michael Beverly Jr. Again, uh, born and raised Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, My current position right now is a chief financial officer at the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Midlands. Um, So what does that mean? (laughs) Uh, When people hear that, they're like, oh, man, that's a fancy title. It got chief in front of it, those particular things, which, yes, absolutely, it is an executive uh, leadership position. Um, But what that means is basically I am the person that oversees our entire finance and accounting uh, divisions, as well as the IT divisions of the entire organization. So uh, all money uh, flows through me. Uh, Anything that would will pertain to money coming in and money coming out will come through my department um, as well as IT needs. So if there's any uh, infrastructure, uh, equipment, all of those things that also rolls up through me. Gotcha. That's a lot of pressure, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I've kind of seen you from afar. I know we go way back, but I've kind of seen you from afar kind of build up and move around throughout your career to get to this point um, to be able to kind of take on this type of pressure. Can you kind of get the audience kind of, uh, some background on kind of where you started at um, and how you got to this point? Absolutely. Uh, So first and foremost, how I was even able to even kind of get considered uh, was, you know, I went and got education. Uh, I am very mindful of education isn't for everybody. Uh, And I say that wholeheartedly because uh, I am also on on the side. I I teach. I teach at uh, two, one university and also a community college. And I tell my students this exact same thing is that, um, you know, I, I am grateful that you're in my class and I'm grateful that you're learning and you're trying to better yourself, uh, but also understand that, you know, these classes that you are taking can be used in the real world, but that doesn't mean that that has to be the end all be all or your only way to be able to obtain success. Uh, So I I wanted to make sure I give that disclaimer. But for me um, personally, I also, I I went and got my undergrad degree in finance and accounting. I went back and got a master's degree in accounting and I'm currently finishing up my doctorate. Uh, But again, I enjoy education. So I wanted to make sure I put that disclaimer out there. I enjoy I enjoy education, but using that education is what really got me into the door. So I started off as a risk analyst at a bank. So what a risk analyst does is basically that's the entry level job to be able to kind of look at financial statements of clients. Uh, So clients would submit their financial statements and I would look at them and, you know, kind of read them and be able to determine if they if the risk was worth us being able to give them money. And so. What really propelled me into my uh, my next position, which was assistant controller, um, was I did what any uh, successful person has kind of told people is go after. So you go to the person that is above you or at, you know, at the highest level and you just go ask them, hey, is there anything I can be able to help you with? I know that sounds cliche. I know you may be like, yeah, right, Mike. That's not what you did. That's exactly what I did. I went right to the controller slash CFO at the time. And CEO at the time, excuse me, and I said, hey, is there anything I can help you with? Uh, I, I looked at her desk and she just had a plethora, plethora of papers on her desk. And I was like, hey, like you look like you swamped. Is there anything I can help you with? And that one question opened up the floodgates. Um, so once she provided me with an opportunity, and this is the piece that I want people to understand. 
they will give you the opportunity to be able to do the work. Now, the question becomes whether you can deliver or you can't. And so when you get that opportunity, always think about it, even if it's something small as reconciling a bank statement, you can look at it like this is my opportunity to show my worth. And that's what I did. I took every opportunity that was given to me from that particular that particular space all the way through. So from assistant controller to becoming to controller to becoming director of finance to then becoming CFO, I just looked at it like every time I got an opportunity to do some work, I'm going to make it the best work I possibly can. Um, and so that's that's how I did it. Um, and if you know if you wanted to go into granular detail in regards to that, and I, and I always try to make sure I do this because. You'll see on Instagram and all this other stuff, they'll give you all these highlights of like, man, I became successful overnight. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you did not. Right. There was many, there was many, many nights where I was up till 12, one o'clock in the morning learning the work that I was doing. I did not just automatically become CFO. I had to literally spend night after night after night understanding what am I doing? Going and getting a book, open that up and saying, okay, what does a financial statement look like? How do I read this? How do I be able to speak this language? How do I understand when someone comes to me and says, I need this ratio? What does that ratio mean? Um, but that all took time as we talk about athletes being in the gym. And that's how I consider my profession. I was in the gym every night and still in the gym every night understanding my craft. Man, I love that. You broke that down like perfectly. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize, like, even though people aren't mentors um, by title, sometimes you're working next to the person that can get you to that next step. Mm -hmm. And like you said, in your situation, you took advantage of that situation. You you took advantage of what the opportunity that was there for you. Like she didn't give you an extra job or nothing like that, but she gave you some work that you can help her with. Um, and that went a long way for you. Um, and salute to you. You kind of you were a visionary, basically. But the way you describe that, it, it's how a visionary thinks. You think a next next step, next picture um, and how you can get to that step. And so I salute you for that. Um, what even gave you because I know a lot of people um, and definitely from our community, we kind of got the pride thing. And it's like, no, I'm too prideful to ask the next person um, how how I can get to where they are and stuff like that. So how can you. How how are you able to do that? Like with no pride and um, with no pride, that's that's a big thing for a black man in general. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so I have read the book uh, by Ryan Holiday called uh, Ego is the Enemy. Um, and in that book, he, he basically goes through that and talks about that. of Like when you're going into situations, relationships, opportunities, you got to put your ego and pride aside. Uh, because you, you you have to understand that you don't know everything and you won't know everything. And, and even as a CFO, I, I don't know everything. I rely on my team for certain things. And, you know, I, I, but I have a general knowledge of things. But but to go back to to the original question, the, the, the understanding of if you want to get to a certain level, you got to put your pride and your ego aside to be a, if you will, a student. And I mean that in the most simplest terms, a student of whatever whatever opportunity you are trying to be able to get to. So when you become a student, that means that every every time you get in, into a situation, you're trying to learn. Every time you get into a conversation, you're trying to learn. Every time you get into a room and you got to be able to have meetings, you're trying to learn because you are always you are always in the mindset of I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I don't know enough. When you can think like that, you don't have pride and ego because guess what? You don't know enough. So you're always like, I don't know enough. So I can't have pride to say I'm, I'm this man or I'm this woman or I got this title because you don't know enough yet. So that's how I've always looked at it. It's like, I don't know enough. And I and even to this day, I still think like that. Granted, I have the title and I don't get me wrong. I know a lot, 
but I, I keep the mindset of a student so I don't let pride and ego come in. So I can always say, Michael, there's something you can learn here. Michael, there's something you can grab from this conversation. Michael, there is something you can go research now, new and different, and look at it from a different perspective based off of now this new conversation, this new research, this new article, whatever that may be. Yeah. And that's good information because I, I know they have the saying, it's like, once you stop learning, you stop growing, you stop mm -hmm. living. Um, and so that's a good point. Like you said, you're continuously gr growing, continuously learning. Um, what's some other things you do um, besides reading and stuff like that to continuously grow? Because I know like with the role CFO, some people could say this is my destination, but I know a person like you, you don't really have a destination. You're going to continue to grow, elevate. Um, so what's some of the things you do to continue to grow um, and stuff like that? Absolutely. Um, and so for me, uh, one, I always try to make sure, and I know you appreciate this because uh, you do the same thing, is once we get up in the morning, the first thing we do outside of, you know, praying is making sure that we go to the gym and keep our body, you know, healthy. So I'm always trying to make sure that I'm keeping my body healthy. I'm working out. Uh, but then to obtain, if you will, more information, um, that's listening to podcasts. Um, that's, you know, reading different articles, uh, look, you know, looking at newsletters that come out, um, journal of accountancy, all, all, of, all of those kind of standard things that, that people will have. But some of the bigger things that people kind of, you know, take for granted is just conversations with other other peers or other people who can be able to part in part game on you. You know, and that's why this free game Friday or free game podcast is really important because. There's been many times where I have learned new things based off of conversations with either my peers or individuals who have connected me with other people. I'm like, hey, Mike, have you thought about this? Or, hey, we're doing this over at this organization. What are you all doing? And you could just bounce ideas off of each other. And then that allows you to then go out and get more research or go, you know, go find certain articles or go certain go to, you know, Google is your best friend. And, and I right. promise you, like Google is your best friend. <laughs> like we, you know, I mean, we were fortunate enough that we grew up with it. I, I have, older, you know, I have older individuals who are like, man, you lucky because I didn't have Google. I had to go find a, a magazine or I had to go to the, the, the library and go get a book and be able to figure it out. So, um, you know, I think just being able to use every resource at your disposal and and even, you know, and I, I'm being very mindful with this, with with saying this, but Instagram could be a good tool if you can be able to filter through all of the nonsense. Um, there are certain pages that have, you know, positive stuff on there or there are certain companies. So like the Journal of Accountancy or AICPA and all the other stuff, they have Instagram pages. And so they'll put up, you know, there's there's times where the Wall Street Journal will put up articles and, you know, they'll, they'll put a link to it in, on Instagram and then you just kind of go out to the link. So you can use all of the things that you're kind of currently already doing, TikTok, all of that stuff. But just understand that. And I always tell people that, you know, when you get information, make sure you take the thought process of does this make sense based off of the, the knowledge that you know, the education that you've gotten, you then ask yourself, does this make sense? And not everything that is, is being fed to you is real and true, but there is some good stuff out there um, with the current, you know, devices that we are using and avenues we're using. Yeah. And I definitely agree with you on that. It's all about, like you said, filtering to what you want to see on these apps um, and filtering the information that you get. Cause it's easy. Like you said, even earlier in the podcast, it's easy to be misled by people mm -hmm. saying that they made it to where they are overnight um, or they made X amount of money in this many days just doing one thing. And it's like, you got to be able to filter the BS from the stuff that's actually legit. Um, so that's some good points. And um, I know like in your current role, like that's a big title. And I know a lot of people are kind of wondering because nobody really knows definitely from our communities, like what actually a CFO does, like a data. I know you kind of broke it down your task, but what's a day to day 
look like on a typical day for you? Absolutely. So on a day to day, uh, first and foremost, you know, when I'm getting in, I'm kind of going through and looking at uh, respective tasks that need to get done. Um, so I am very big on not looking at my email first, but really understanding, OK, if I know that I have a task that has to get done, how am I planning that out? So if you're looking at it from my perspective, uh, I am I am a financial forecaster. Uh, so what does that mean? Financial forecaster mean I have to be able to understand where we are today in regards to revenue that we got coming in. What is our budget? What are the expenses that are coming uh, down the pipe? But then taking a visionary thought process and say, well, where are we going to be at five years from now? And what can I do to make sure that I instill the things that I need to instill today? So then we could be, uh, you know, if you're thinking about an asset size, you know, if you if you think about your a hundred million dollar shop, if I want to be at 200 million, what do I need to do over these next five to 10 years to get us there? And so that's how I kind of, you know, have to think in everything that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm looking at our checking account, making sure I'm understanding what's coming in and what's coming out. Um, I have financials that I have to create. So if you think about financials, for those who don't understand, uh, it's a balance sheet, it's a profit and loss or income statement, if you will. Um, and then you have a cash flow, if you will, cash flow statement um, that kind of tells you, you know, where you spent money um, and where you've kind of generated money. And so I am basically managing those on a day-to-day -day basis to understand where we're at, what we're spending. Um, and then from there, there's just a plethora, <laughs> a plethora of meetings. The reason there's a plethora of meetings, because as the key financial person, um, everything that kind of flows through the organization flows through you. Programming flows through you. Operationals, operational things flow through you. All of those things flow through you. So you're involved in various conversations to be able to understand, OK, if we want to take on this new project or this new program or uh, we want to go serve this many more kids, I have to then be able to come into conversation and say, OK, well, what's that going to cost us from a staff standpoint? What is that going to cost us from a benefit standpoint? What is that going to cost us from expenses for the program? All of those things I have to then be involved in to then, you know, give them the resources and the knowledge that they need to make the most informed decision. And then from there, I then come back and I'm tracking that and making sure, okay, here's where we're at. Um, another big component, a component of that, because we do get a lot of grants, is there's grant reporting that comes. And so from that regard, you got to go in and, you know, all the all the money that you receive, you then got to you got to be able to determine how to spend it. <laughs> and so we have to, you know, track all of those things. And so it's, it's a lot of intricacy of numbers. Um, if you if you want to use the you know the terminology that a lot of people use the bean counter or the crunch the number cruncher um, there is a big component of that but the biggest piece when you're thinking about CFO is financial strategy and as well as uh, a, a visionary when it comes to financial projections. Gotcha, that makes sense. With all that on your plate, man, <laughs> how do you how do you how do you find balance in a role like that? Absolutely. So the 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 thing about it, and uh, you know, I, I coined my mother for this because uh, she was a single, you know, single parent, and uh, she raised me and my sister. And she used to always tell me, "Baby, don't get consumed by the work. Don't get consumed by the work." And I had no idea like what she was meaning when I was younger until I got older and I started understanding. Okay, like you cannot get consumed by the things that are on your quote unquote to do list um, because they'll overtake you. You know, the to do list never ends. I don't care if you're CFO. I don't care if you're owner of a business. I don't I don't care if you're, you know, frontline staff like the to do list never ends. But if you get consumed by it, that's when it just feels as if, oh, my God, this is daunting. It's too much. And so I just I rely on my faith to say, OK, Mike, like, 
yeah, you may got 10 things you got to get done today. Okay, that's fine. Let's get them done. Let's take them one thing at a time. We'll knock them off. Um, but I, I, I will be remiss to not say that organization as well as discipline are some of the key things that you have to have. And I know people are seeing this on, on Instagram and online and that all they hear is discipline, 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 discipline. I hear that, but you got to understand what discipline is. Discipline is, in, at the most simplest terms, is being able to do something that you didn't want to do at that time. But having the guts enough to say, you know what, I got to get this done, no matter how I feel, no matter how tired I am, no matter what's going on at home, no matter what my, my wife, or my husband may need from me, I got to get this done. That's what discipline is. And that's how I look at my job. And that's the only way I can get through the things that I, I have on my plate. It's just being disciplined enough to say no phone, no distractions, no email, no nothing. Get this done. Now move to the next. Now move to the next. Now move to the next. Yeah, and that's good info. I think discipline, having discipline can get you through just about any job, any career, like you said, whether you're a business owner or you're a frontline worker, you got to have some type of discipline to be able to perform. Um, even an athlete, it goes back to even athletics. I know you kind of grew up playing athletics and stuff like that. Um, so I'm sure that kind of translated for you um, in that aspect too. Um, if there, like, What's something that you didn't know about the field but since you got in, like you wish you knew about it, knew about it going into the field. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I didn't know, and I, I think this may be across the board, is just terminology. Um, you know, you get into these you get into these uh, these fields and you hear so many acronyms and, and so much different things. You're like, hold on. What does that mean? What are you talking about? And, and if, if you allow it, they can talk over your head because they're using all of this uh, cryptic, if you will, or cryptid um, type information or, or uh, certain acronyms and those particular things. And so um, the first thing I learned is in order to be able to be in this industry, you got to be able to talk the talk, not just walk it. You got to be able to talk it and understand what that means. So I can't just go and say, oh, well, revenues is this, but I can't back that up. I can't just go and say, well, we got we got this ratio and this is where we're at with this and not be able to back that up with numbers. And so so uh, that's the beautiful thing about accounting is the numbers will the numbers will always tell the truth. Numbers don't lie. They just they just don't <laughs> unless you're fudging them, but they just don't. Um, and so that was kind of the biggest really hurdle for me was understanding terminology. How do you use it? Um, and then another piece that I always try to tell young professionals is there is a big thing called executive presence. So what is executive presence? Executive presence, meaning that you understand how to be able to talk in a certain way walk in a certain way and be be perceived in a certain way based off of who you are and the things that you say and do. Um, so when you're walking into certain rooms, stand up straight, be able to speak, you know, in a in a in a eloquent way that they can be able to understand what you're saying. Um, don't you know, don't slouch in your chair. Uh, be very mindful of, you know, the little kind of little things that you may do, whether that's laughing after certain stuff or chuckling or or uh, your hands move all the time. Like those things matter. And I, and I know people may be like, Mike, you're doing too much, but it's the truth. They matter because as you think about it, when you are in these positions, which I, in this position, I'm looked at as the lead of finance. If I if I and step in any room and they see any type of fear or worry or concern, they're going to have concern. They're going to be like, hey, Mike's concerned. Mike's stressed. Mike's something's going on. What's up with our money? And yeah. I, I, I can't I can't have that. So 
understanding as a young professional how to work on your executive presence. If you if you aspire to be in any executive role, whether that's CEO, CFO, COO, CIO, whatever it is, understand that that executive presence means a lot, way more than they probably give you credit for. So please work on that now. And that's good information. I think I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about. Um, even striving for those roles, you kind of think about the more the technical or the educational thing that you have to do to get to that point, but you don't think about the mannerisms, um, just the way you carry yourself. So that's good information. I definitely appreciate you um, sharing that because I know that goes a long way and that, that gives you the respect. And at the end of the day, you're representing yourself and whatever company you're under. So um, that's definitely important information. Um, so I wanted to ask you, because... I know a lot of people, they see finance and they kind of get scared away. Um, and a lot of people in our communities, they we steer away from the finance industry and stuff like that. So what drove you to that industry? What drove me to that industry, and this is all transparent and honest, you all can't see me, but I'm a black man. Um, and there's not a lot of black men in this role. Um, and so financial literacy in the black community as a whole is so far, so far out of whack to where we should be. Um, generational wealth, as we all know, there's a huge, huge gap between us and, and uh, you know, uh, white folks as well as other, other nationalities. And so uh, for me, I wanted to be able to show uh, any young black boy uh, or black or brown boy that if you be diligent enough, you get the education and you be able to go through all of the things you got to go through, you can be able to, to make it happen. And so um, those that know me personally, and Jay, I consider you one uh, of those. Um, I, I always loved math. That was my thing. Back Even back in high school, I, I just came, <laughs> came natural. <laughs> it, it, was just, it, was just, it was just one of my things. And so when I got to college, like I, even though I went to become an attorney, uh, I, I switched up when I got into college and realized, man, you know, math is really your thing. And so uh, I I just stuck with it. And um, accounting requires a little bit of a different thinking um, that, you know, than probably what everybody looks at. But uh, I just always wanted to choose something that would be different. Um, it wasn't so much about even though I, I don't make don't get me twisted, I make great money, but it wasn't so much about the money. It was more about I don't see anybody like me in this industry. And so how do I be able to add that into this industry? So then any other black, black or brown kid that comes after me can say, hey, I seen Mike do this, so maybe I can do this, you know, and that that's just how I looked at it. Yeah, and I love that because I know personally I kind of carry that same approach with everything that I do. So I can definitely appreciate that um, and commend you for that, too, because I know that's not that's not easy to do. Even going to those those classrooms, I'm pretty sure there wasn't too many people that looked like you and I. Absolutely. Um, Road less so, travel, my brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I commend you for that because I know that wasn't easy. Like you said, you got a lot of hard um long nights studying and stuff like that um even after you got started in your career um and i know you spoke to kind of inspiring that young black or brown boy um showing them our girl that they can get to the point uh, of being a cfo and stuff like that um if there's someone out there that's kind of looking to do what you do or they're striving to do that uh, what's a blueprint or some gems you can kind of share with them to get to this point Absolutely. So I will give you two things. Uh, don't quit and find the joy in the journey. So what I mean by don't quit, and this is full transparency. Um, before I got this role three years ago, I applied for this same job um, and I didn't get it. And the reason I didn't get it is because the uh, individual that was a CEO at the time, I said, hey, uh, Mike, you're a great candidate, but I want you to have more experience with nonprofits. And even though, you know, that was a hard pill to swallow, 
I didn't take that as a, oh my God, this is it. I, I'm never going to be CFO. No, I said, okay, you know what? Take that as the fuel to then be able to go get the experience that you need. And so you align yourself to then figure out, okay, if I need more nonprofit experience or if I need more uh, real estate experience or if I, if I need more whatever experience that is, then go get that experience. Don't use it as a means to just be like, I'm done and I'm, I'm quitting and I'm never doing this again. Take it as, a, as the fuel to be able to go find what you need. And then when I, when I lead into find joy in the journey, there was nights where I was like, man, why am I doing this? <laughs> what is this really going to, you know, going to get me? But I, I was able to find the joy of understanding that, okay, Mike, those nights where people don't see you in the gym, they will pay off. Those nights where you missing parties or those nights where, you know, everybody else is out going and doing stuff or spending, having a good time and those things. And you're at home and you're studying or you're trying to learn your craft or you're getting better. It'll pay off. And lo and behold, it paid off. And so I found the joy in that and understanding that, hey, if you keep putting one foot forward, one foot forward, one foot forward, eventually you're going to get to that destination. And so don't quit. And please, please, please find the joy in the journey. Yeah, that's heavy. And I know I can appreciate that because that's something that I like I'm I I'm trying to get better about doing is finding that joy in the journey because like you said, some of those nights or some of the times when you're on Instagram and you you in a lab working on whatever you're working on and you see your fair your friends, your peers, even sometimes your coworkers out living what you what it looks like, they're just having a time in your life and you're like, Man, I'm in a lab, but you're keeping your eyes on the next on the next um on the prize, like you said. Um yep. How do you think you developed that mentality, though? Do you think you always had that or is that something you developed over time? I think a component of it, I always had it. But I think over time, I was just willing to be different. You know, I really was. I was willing to say, I don't have to do what everyone else did or what everyone else is doing. I, I can be OK with just being <laughs> being a popular loner. And I, and I know these coin terms that I'm saying, I'm saying that it's on purpose because, you know, all I want all audiences to understand this, you know, because I, I have a about to be 14 year old and I have to use certain language with her. And, you know, she likes Rod Wave. And I, I talk about popular loner because he has that song. And I was like, that's what your dad is. You know, people know me, but I'm OK with being by myself. And I understand that. And it's not that I'm like this rude, mean guy. I'm just willing to be able to discipline myself to say, no, you can go do that. I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to sit yeah. right here at this desk and I'm going to be willing to just keep going until I get to wherever I'm trying to get to. And then after I get there, I'm going to establish a new goal and then I'm going to keep pushing towards that and pushing towards that and pushing towards that. So just being willing to be different, man. And, and it's OK. People ain't got to like you. People ain't got to understand everything that you're doing, but you understand it. And as long as you understand it and you can be able to know at the end of the day, when I lay my head on my pillow, I did what was right for Michael. I did what was right for Jay or I did what was right for you. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's good information. Like you said, you got to be willing to be able to look in the mirror and know that you did everything for yourself. You know what I mean? Cause at the end of the day, your family doesn't get the stuff that you want to get for them. Uh, when I say get for them, I'm not necessarily talking materialistic things. I'm talking about financial freedom, uh, excuse me, financial freedom. Like you said earlier in the podcast and, uh, just exposure, you know what I mean? Um, so I definitely commend you for that. Um, so yeah, we've kind of, um, well, actually, I want to kind of backtrack into schooling because I know with a role like a CFO, there's certain educational things you have to accomplish, certain certificates and certain degrees you have to accomplish. Can you kind of give just an overview over some of the things that you recommend, like programs it might be that people should look into and stuff like that? Absolutely. So from an educational standpoint, so I'll go educational certifications and I'll go programs. So education, um, usually we do uh 
if you will recommend, um, if you're going to public accounting, it is required, uh, which I have done is a undergrad degree in accounting, um, as well as I did finance because I actually enjoy finance too. So I, and I knew I wanted to go into banking. So um, you could do, if you want to do public accounting, you need an accounting degree. But if you want to kind of generalize and say, okay, well, I want finance, then you can do finance. I got both because I wanted to be a dual threat. And so uh, those who are, you know, don't want to be pigeonholed, it's nothing wrong with getting both. Now, I will be mindful and tell you that those are the two hardest degrees to get in a business school. But if you can be able to be disciplined enough, you can make it happen. So no discouragement. I just want to be mindful and give the listeners understanding. From there, um, again, the next component would be because if you're trying to sit for the CPA exam, you have to have 150 hours. So 150 hours to get that. If you think about it from an undergrad degree, you won't have enough. So what, what you usually do is just go ahead and get a master's degree. So I went and got an MBA. So I got my MBA in accounting. Um, and, you know, you could do uh, accounting or you could do finance, whichever one you choose. But in order to sit for the CPA, you need 150 hours specifically that's tied to accounting. Okay, then that moves right into certification. So what is what a CPA mean? That's a certification would become the certified public accountant. So you can get a CPA. You you can also do the CIA certified internal auditor. Um, those particular certifications will bode well for you, um, as well as <clears throat> excuse me, the master's degree that'll bode well for you if you're trying to kind of position yourself uh, to be looked at differently than than others. Now, moving on to. Um, program, a big program that a lot of individuals, if you're looking to e even run a business or just understand uh, your business, QuickBooks. Uh, so in, in college, we were actually exposed to QuickBooks. Um, so QuickBooks is a really good program that even if you just, you know, want to understand accounting a little bit, um, QuickBooks would be a great opportunity for you to do that. They have QuickBooks uh, seminars as well as online trainings that you could do to be able to learn it. Um, so that will be one program as well as um, Peachtree. So Peachtree is another accounting uh, system that that is used. Uh, so those two are kind of the bigger ones. Um, there's other like programs and stuff that you can use, but I won't go all the way into detail on those. Um, there's HR programs that I have to use, obviously, you know, working directly with HR and paying people and those particular things. But for the most part, those two programs are kind of the, the best programs. Um, and then just understanding, you know, kind of how money works. Um, I don't mean money works in regards to how you manage your checkbook and all those other things. I am managing a way bigger checkbook. So I have to look at things a lot differently because there's investments that are included in there. Um, you know, there, there's other things that are taken into consideration that I have to be mindful of. And so uh, if you're if you're aspiring to be in this role, um, you have to take the mindset of this isn't a personal checkbook. This is a business checkbook. And how do I run a business checkbook? Gotcha. And that make a lot of sense. Um if you're like fresh out of college, you got um, degrees and certificates that you spoke to, um, what's usually the job somebody should look at? Because you obviously 10 times, nine times out of 10, you're not going from college to being a CFO. Absolutely. Um, so what's <laughs> kind of that, that career path you think they should look at when they first get now? And what's the kind of the totem pole usually how it works? Absolutely. So uh, you can come out and be you got staff accountant. Um, you got accounting specialist um, you, and, and you got just general accountant. Those are kind of the three uh, that are really kind of propel you or get you prepared for, excuse me, um, for to move up into the next role. And then those will be, again, your entry level. You're going to learn uh, how to do debits and credits. You're going to learn how to balance uh, reconcil a ba balance uh, GLs. You're going to learn reconciliations, all those things. Then you'll move into, if you were to stay in public accounting, you may move into a senior role, or if you were to come out into the industry, you may move into uh, more of a supervisory role, which may be like manager of accounting, or it may be uh, 
account accountant two or or senior accountant like those would be kind of your next role usually you start getting like management uh kind of under your supervisory um if you will under you so from there you'll probably have one or two people that may report to you you'll kind of oversee the work that you were doing as a staff accountant you'll oversee that um as you get old, as you get up and the next component would then be that's when you start moving into more of the titles if you will of like assistant controller controller assistant controller is usually right under the controller um they start doing more of the higher level management type work um, for accounting department. The controller usually is like the manager, if you will, of the accounting department. So they'll kind of handle um, more of the day-to-day -day type things. And then at, after controller, that's when you usually go to CFO. Gotcha. Okay. So it's, it's good that it's kind of a somewhat black and white um, trail. It's not really a gray. It doesn't sound like there's very much gray area. No, accounting um, is black and white, straight, straight forward. <laughs> Yeah, and I like that because some of those industries or some of the industries you get into, it's like, well, you can go this, go this, go this. And it's kind of confusing. It could be overwhelming for some. Um, yeah. So thanks for breaking that down. Um, we've kind of reached the end of the podcast, but I got a couple more questions for you. Just because I know you're an avid reader. I know uh, you've personally sent me a list of books to read. So right now, I haven't asked anybody else this, this question, but right now, what's your five top book recommendations for just for anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with my first, uh, which is Grit by Angela Duckworth. Um, so Grit, G R I T. Um, and so obviously you can take it just as it is to have the grit and the discipline to be able to uh, get through anything. Um, so that one was a really good book. I love that one. Um, and that's more of a business type personal development. Uh, another personal development um, is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And so the reason I always um, recommend this book is because he talks about a callous mind. And you had asked me a question of how are you able to kind of stay if you will, stoic or being able to kind of move through everything that you have on your plate. And I got that from David Goggins having a, you know, callous mind. And so what a callous mind is, think about on your hand or on any part of your body where you have a callus, you know, that's kind of an extra layer of skin, right? And so it doesn't, it doesn't penetrate your, if you will, um, your under, under uh, your, what, is, what am I thinking of your, uh, uh, Oh my God, I can't even think of the word. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Though. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, you know, it gives you that additional layer of skin uh, to be able to kind of protect you. Uh, my third one would be uh, as a man thinketh. Um, I know, you know, you hear about man, but um, I, I, for me, as a man, I always, excuse me, and that's by uh, James Allen. And so I, I always try to be able to position myself to understand that uh, I have to know me to then be able to interact and work with other people. Um, and, you know, yes, I am a man, but I work with, you know, women uh, and, and, and other individuals. So I got to be able to understand how I am to then be able to understand how to work with them and be empathetic um, in those particular things. Um, the next one would be uh, Mindset by Carol Doick. Um, and so obviously you either have a fixed or a growth mindset. Uh, I have a growth mindset. I think a lot of the books as you're hearing plays into how I think about things, um, how I, you know, how I'm able to kind of position myself to say, okay, think differently, be differently uh, in those particular things. And then last but not least, um, always you got to have a finance book. So uh, I recommend this book for everybody, uh, The Millionaire Next Door uh, by Thomas Stanley, uh, just so you can understand finances and not only just from a business perspective, but then also personally um, and understand, you know, how do you be able to, you know, kind of be that um, kind of quote unquote under the under the radar millionaire. And you can do that. You Anybody really could do it if they if they really understand their finances and how they go about doing things. 
Yeah, and I like that list a lot. It's a lot of it's not like a lot of mindset books. Um, and I think that kind of like you said, it contributes to your current mindset and how you um kind of developed different things that you developed um with your mindset and being able to continue to go forward, like you said previously. Um, and so I ask every guest to kind of leave my audience with a gem. Um, what's some free game you'd like to leave my audience with? Free game that I would like to leave the audience with is be consistent. Be consistent. And, and what I mean by be consistent is if you're going to show up one way, and I hope it's in the, in the best way, show up in that same way every single time. If you want to be able to separate yourself from everyone else, the two things you can do is be disciplined and be consistent. If you are disciplined enough to do the hard things first and be consistent enough to continue to do that every single day, even on Saturday and Sunday, and I mean that wholeheartedly, even on Saturday and Sunday, mm -hmm. if you're willing to just continue to be consistent and do that over and over and over again, I promise you without a shadow of a doubt, if you are put in the right position to have an opportunity, you will seize that opportunity. And the last component that I always say, because I love this so much, is the bus of opportunity will always come around. The question becomes, do you have the fare to get on? And then if you can implement discipline and consistency, you will have the fare to get on that bus. But if you don't, that bus is just going to pass you up. And it's going to go to the next. That's heavy. Um, so I know some people are going to listen to this and they're going to want to reach out to you or uh, some, maybe somebody's interested in getting into the industry, the finance industry. They might want to reach out to you. What's the best way for them to reach you? Absolutely. So I'm on LinkedIn, Michael Beverly Jr. So you can send me a, a DM there. Um, also, I'm on Instagram, MikeBev2. So you are more than uh, willing to send me a DM there. Um, and then my personal email is uh, Michael. So my first name, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. And then last name, Beverly, B-E-V-E-R-L-Y. And then the number 2222 at gmail.com. Thanks for tapping in to another episode Free of the Free Game Friday podcast. If you haven't already, please like this episode, subscribe to our podcast, and share it with a friend. Thanks, be blessed, catch y'all next week. Free game. Free game.